sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to you visitors this morning. Trust you will be blessed today and encouraged as you fellowship with us. <clears throat> Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. That's a powerful word, I think. We have plaques on our walls with those kind of sayings on. <clears throat> Be strong and have a good courage. Fear not, for I am with thee. <clears throat> well, this morning I want to speak about the Ark of Salvation. <clears throat> the Old Covenant is something I've enjoyed for years. I, My mother read those big stack. I think there's like 12, 10 or 12 books in these hardcover Bible story books. And after I was saved, many of those stories just came flooding back to me. And I love the old covenant today. I spend a lot of time in it. So uh, I guess to start out with, I'm going to kind of go off track a little bit, but we'll come back to that. So John Byers taught us several years ago at the uh, at the uh, discipleship classes or discipleship out there at Burn, Indiana, that salvation has three aspects. And that has really stuck with me because people will ask you once in a while, someone will say, are you saved or have you been saved? And my mother would say, if you'd ask her that question, she'd say, well, I'm still alive. I'm not there yet. I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. And that has always kind of been a bit of a confusion to me because how do you answer all that? And, and it's an interesting thing to me. Now John shared some things about that, and he said he shared it with young people in particular, and I guess I was young in the faith because it really spoke to me. It wasn't, it wasn't that it needed to be to young people, and that's not necessarily where I'm going with this today. But there's a past, a present, and a future when you talk about saved, salvation. So he gives this illustration of a cruise ship that's cruising over the ocean, and you know what all is on cruise ships. I probably will never be on one. I never have been. I'm not sure I'd want to be. But tied to this cruise ship is this lifeboat that's bobbing along behind in case this cruise ship goes down, right? So he said this illustration is a picture of the world. The cruise ship is the world, and we all know that it's going to go down. The lifeboat is tied on the back, and in there is Christians, it's pilgrims, and they're bobbing along, and it can be a rough ride back there. So the idea of the lifeboat behind this cruise ship is that we know the cruise ship is going down. So we're trying to get people off of the cruise ship into the lifeboat because the cruise ship is going down. So this is John's illustration. This is not original with me. I, I'm not that smart, not that wise. So I'll just learn from him. <clears throat> so there's a danger, he says, in being so close to this cruise ship 
you're on the lifeboat, and once in a while, someone on the lifeboat says, this is too rough, it's not worth it. And they will board the cruise ship. Even though it's going down, they take that chance, and they get on this cruise ship. So some pass from the lifeboat to the cruise ship, some pass from the cruise ship to the lifeboat. The pleasure of sin for a season, it says that in the scriptures, but... Well, sin does have pleasure, but it's a fleeting pleasure. It's not a fulfilling. It, does not, it is not a continuation. As a matter of fact, in that case, uh, it has consequences. So about 14 years ago, I was saved. So if someone would ask me if I'm saved or have you been saved, I'd say, yes, I have been saved. If someone would ask me, are you saved, I would say, yes, I am saved. If someone asked me, if, will you be saved, I would say, well, by faith in Christ, if I remain faithful, I will be saved. So all of those aspects. So if I get off of the lifeboat, I've been saved 14 years ago, roughly. But if I get off the lifeboat and go back onto this cruise ship, am I still saved? No, because that's going down, and I will go down with it. If I'm living as the world lives, I will go down with the world. So then that leads us to the second aspect of salvation. Are you saved? It's a present salvation. So if I stay on the lifeboat, and we're going the right direction, we're on track, I'm living by faith, I have faith in Christ, and I'm living that out. You don't see that I'm living in sin. You don't, I mean, I might be in my heart. You might, you can't see that, but I might be living there. But we're staying on the lifeboat. We're on track. We're going the right way. I am saved. That's present. Today I am saved. Am I in heaven yet? No, this ain't heaven. So I will be saved, right? <laughs> So there's three aspects of salvation, and I have really appreciated that through the years of my Christian life. <clears throat> so anyway, why don't we have a word of prayer for what I want to share next? I just feel like I need to, we should pray. <clears throat> Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, I pray this message this morning would fall upon the ears of those that need to hear it. Lord, I pray this morning that you would shut the ears of the small children that should not hear it. Lord, I just pray that you would take this word. It is your word, God, and I pray that you would multiply these few loaves and fishes that I bring here this morning, God. I'm just a man. There's nothing special about me. You use broken vessels, Lord. You save them and cleanse them and make them meet to be to be taken up in the Master's hands and used. And so, Lord, I just come in that sense this morning. Take these few loaves and fishes that I have brought here this morning and multiply them. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I was going to bring my little ark along. I made a, this ark that's not made of the right wood. I had it here for a children's lesson some time ago, and I forgot to bring it. So maybe I'll just draw a quick illustration on the board. Just going to do something like this. 
some and out of the other. So this is the ark, and here's the door of the ark. So we have an ark, and in the account of Genesis account, there there was a flood that destroyed the whole world. So I had a children's lesson about Moses. Or Moses, I kept doing this this morning. Noah getting into this ark and being saved and through obedience and all of that and that that message kind of led me to another one and i'm going to share a little bit of that this morning so that door if if god is the ark of our salvation jesus christ is the door of the ark jesus said i am the door if any man went through me he shall be saved so there is the whole earth was covered with water according to the scriptures and i believe that and there was, all things was destroyed. All life that breathed air was destroyed. And there's coming another destruction of the earth, which is a destruction of fire. <clears throat> so out of that destruction, the only thing that was saved was a handful of people and a boatload of animals. Well... In the multitude of millions and millions of souls today, I think it's going to be much the same way. Jesus said that straight is the gate and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it, that enter therein. So this was an ark of salvation that Moses got into, and God is our ark of salvation. We'll have a little literal ark to climb into to be saved from the destruction that's coming upon the world. But in Noah's day, it was a flood, and the next destruction is fire. The elements will melt with a fervent heat, and everything will burn up. The cruise ship is going to sink. Noah entered the ark through the door. So here's where I want to go with our message this morning, down this road a little bit. Have you entered that door? The ark is God. It is salvation. And except you enter that door into that ark, after the door was shut, there were people pounding on the side of that thing, but it was too late. The door was closed. So the question is, have you entered that door? That is salvation. You must enter that door for salvation. Jesus said, I am the door. If this cruise ship sinks... And it's not if. When it sinks, will you be on it? The only way to be saved from the wrath to come is to enter through that door. Maybe you're enjoying the cruise ship. You're riding along and you're saying, well, someday. But I was thinking about that this morning. Well, what if we could see God's calendar? And this this is just an illustration that breaks down. But if you could see God's calendar, you'd say, oh, on December the 10th of... 2022, I'm going to be saved. Well, good. You know, I wanted to be saved someday, but not today. And then you realize with horror that December the 9th, Jesus is returning. That's on God's calendar. And at that point, it's too late. Once Jesus comes, that door will be shut. And you cannot be saved. So Christ returns, and your someday hasn't come yet. That's a terrible thought. Eternity is sure. Once it's over, it's over. 
But the door is open this morning. He didn't come back yet. The door is wide open. Jesus stands ready to forgive you. He stands ready to cleanse you, to make you a new creature. To make you a part of the beloved. Come to that door. The blood is pleading your cause. Come to Jesus. He will save you. It's just that simple. Faith in Christ. Won't you enter into the ark through Jesus to be saved? So that's the first aspect of salvation. I'm going to give you an invitation this morning. If you're not saved, there's an invitation. I can't save you, but Jesus can. You go through the door, which is Christ Jesus, into the ark. <clears throat> so second aspect of salvation is Noah. He believed God. He went through that door, and so he was saved from what happened. The rains came and beat upon that ark, and it was... I'm sure it wasn't beautiful. I'm sure he didn't just nicely lift up and float away. It, the, the descriptions I get there is that the earth opened up and the heavens opened up the windows. And this was some kind of a rough ride. I'm sure it was. And I thought about that in comparison to the Christian life. And we bob along in life sometimes in this ark. And I think we probably feel a little bit like Noah did in there. You think about that, right? I mean, you're out there. There's just a few people in the world. The church is few, and she looks small in comparison to evil and what's going on in the world around us. And you compare that situation there. Noah's in that ark, and he's bobbing and maybe spinning in that big thing. I don't know what all that felt like or looked like, but we have doubts. We have fears. And I think Noah probably faced the same things. He was as human as we are. <clears throat> so last Sunday we heard about a terrific storm and a man that was threw overboard and this big fish swallowed him. And it says the sailors were very afraid. It wasn't the words they used, but the sailors were very afraid. And I have no desire to experience a storm like that on a ship. I'm not keen on water. I enjoy swimming, but let's keep it manageable. Not out there where you, where you can't see anything. <clears throat> So I believe their faith was tested as they was bobbing along in that ark. And my faith has been tested over and over and over again. And it's only by the grace of God that I stand here today and, and have any shred of faith left. So there's, a, there's the aspect of Noah went into the ark. Salvation. We went through the door. We're in the ark. The body of Christ is in the ark. And I've Pondered that a bit as well. What is what is life? What is life inside the ark? What does that look like? What does life look like inside the ark? And I, uh, I as I read the account there, God gave Noah something to do in the ark. Any idea what that was? Just one thing that it actually specifically mentions. It says in Genesis six twenty one, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it. To thee, and it shall be food for thee and for them, for the animals. So before Noah ever got on that ark, and that's something I'd like to, I'd like to make a point about. Before you go through that door, know that on the other side of that door is not a recliner. <laughs> I've sat on a recliner in there for a while, but I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure where that all plays out in theology. But did I really? <laughs> So, 
that the question is, what's the parallel in the Christian life? Uh, the ark. And I, I think, as I think, thought about that, I think the point that I could probably, to me, is the highest point would be chapter 13 uh, in 1 Corinthians, is the love chapter. Because Jesus said that love is the fulfilling of the law. And he said about the Gentiles, they do by nature, they come to Christ and they do by nature the things contained in the law. It says that they have not a law, but they do by nature the things contained in the law. And that's the Ten Commandments. That's not all this blood on the great toe of your big, or the big toe of your foot and all that stuff. This was just simply the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. So there was things that happened when the Spirit of God entered into a man that... Was just basically the love of God shedding light in the heart of people that they began to live like God intended the Jewish people to live. <clears throat> so that's that's just I, I'm going to walk through that briefly. I'm not going to dig deep in that. So if you if you want to, you can turn with me in First Corinthians chapter thirteen. If we could get this, it would probably fulfill every command in the scriptures. So I was in my morning meditations, my personal time, I was going through this and I was going through 1 Corinthians, and I got to chapter 13, and I read down through to uh, verse 1, 2, and 3. And I, I, just, I just, that's some weighty stuff. I'm going to read it. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am becoming, become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity... I am nothing, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. I just stopped there and said, God, what are you saying? Think about a person to me. I, I enjoyed listening to preachers that are, there's a fire burning in their heart and on, under their tongue, and, and they, they're full of wisdom and ability and and they can take the book of Revelations and, and lay it out in an understanding way. And yet God says, if a, a person like that, if he doesn't have charity, he's nothing. He can give his body to be burned, give all his goods to feed the poor, but without charity is nothing. And I said, God, what is charity? I mean, what is... And I spent, I don't know, maybe a week over this, just praying about it, reading it, reading it. And, and finally, God got through my thick head. And it's just basically, keep reading. <laughs> Charity is love with shoes on. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. It's God working through you. In every situation, and I, I'm... I've, I'm on the bottom of the totem pole when, it, when you're talking about this. So I'm not here trying to bring you up to my size. I'm way down here learning something. And I'm saying, whoa, I'm, I'm elementary 
here. It's not that I never heard it before. That's not the case. I've heard it, I've heard it, and I've heard it. But you know, so many times we get caught up in the doing and, and we miss out right. on the blessedness of just being. <clears throat> it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think it says, But you have the mind of Christ. But you have the mind of Christ. It's God in you. Charity. Love with shoes on. And you start reading there in, in verse 4. And I was just thinking, well, if I, would, if I could put Jesus in a, in a human body again and bring him into our fellowship here, we could see how this is walked out, right? You know, it, there's, there's Christ is our perfect example. We're safe if we use him for an example. He is perfect. There's, you know, any other human being is probably not He's still going to fail somewhere, more than likely. <clears throat> Let's just start walking through this a little bit. I won't, I won't do much of a deep dig here, but just stir our minds a little bit. Amen. In verse 4, charity suffers long and is kind. So I thought, well, those two kind of go together, and Christ suffered long he was kind i you know for years i walked in sin lived in sin and there are more that have done that kind of thing and 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 you know deep depravity and yet christ did not damn us did not condemn us he stretched out his hand to us he was long suffering he could have snuffed our life out because of our whatever to bring judgment upon our sins but he didn't do that. He was long-suffering. He suffered long for me, 26 years of suffering, you might say. And he was kind. When I turned to Christ, he turned. I mean, it was, he didn't turn to me. He was already turned to me. His heart was wide open all along. Throughout my life, looking back, there was times when I, I felt God was doing something, but I did not understand God. I had no teaching and no understanding. So that is, that is the Jesus that we're looking at. That is the example that we're looking at this morning. I, I, I'm sorry, Brother Earl. I almost texted you this morning. He said, Earl, should I, could I trade with someone and have a main message today? But I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. It's a little heavy maybe for a, an opening meditation. But I feel it is what the Lord gave me this morning, so I'll share it. It's long-suffering and kind. Bring that into the body of Christ, and you know we've all been hurt. I've been hurt, but Christ didn't only forgive me. He then reached out to me. He took the initiative. He was the one that I hurt, and he took the initiative though, and still reached out to me. And I realize that's not natural. That's hard to do, but it is possible. It is Christ, and that is our example. That's a tall one to look to, but I believe that is what we should do. Charity envieth not. And I thought, well, if we had Christ here beside us, that's not really fair. He has everything I want to be as a Christian, right? Well, let's go to the brotherhood. And charity envieth not. I was thinking, well, there's always someone that's going to be a better preacher than you and, and, and have more money than you and, and be a better whatever. There's always going to be someone that we could envy. But 
I think the Lord gave me something there. When you look at Christ, it says he had no outward beauty that we should desire him. So maybe most of us are handsomer or more beautiful than Christ was. So, And Christ was 100% human being. So he may have had something, if he was walking here with us today, that he could be envious of. Isn't that a strange thought? He had, he had no comeliness nor beauty that we should desire him. He was not a beautiful human being. So he faced every struggle that we face. He, fa- he was human. He came in the flesh. We must believe that. He was God, but he still walked around in a vehicle of flesh with all the desires that we have. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. I mean, that's very consistent with Christ. Christ never did that. He came and he glorified the Father. He came to do the will of his Father. Only that what his Father tells him to do, that's what he did. And, wow, when you think about that, it's there's no pushing to the front or, oh, he asked me to preach this morning. That means something. That's ridiculous. That's a good way to be resisted by God. Very good way. <clears throat> Chapter verse five does not behave itself unseemly, and I thought about that, and I thought, you know, I've seen many a professing believer, and I, I don't judge them, but there are believers that do things that should that they shouldn't do, and I think about the scriptures that talks about adorning the gospel of Christ. <clears throat> Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Christ did not seek his own. He came seeking us to seek that which was lost and saved. It is not easily provoked. Jesus was provoked a few times, but it was never because someone cheated him or did him wrong. He was provoked because they profaned his father's house, and that provoked him. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that we should ever really get provoked because I'm not sure that we're quite as qualified to get provoked we might be provoked about the wrong thing and call it uh, <laughs> righteous anger or something righteous indignation so is not easily provoked thinketh no evil and I think you know bringing that home to us as brothers and sisters it goes on there uh Believeth all things, hopeth all things. I'm kind of skipping ahead there, but some of those things go hand in hand. You know, think, uh, believing all things and hoping all things and enduring all things and bearing all things, I bring that into a brotherhood, and, you know, that all comes together. You hear some rumor about me, and you say, well, you know what? I'm not going to believe that till I know it's accurate or until I heard that from him. And, yeah, we're definitely not going to go tell our brother or sister, did you hear about Lee over there? He's whatever it is. Beareth all things, thinketh all, or believeth all things, hopeth all things. And just, yeah, we have an accuser of the brethren. Let's don't side with them. That's right. <clears throat> Rejoiceth not in iniquity. Christ would never do that, but rejoices in the truth. Charity never faileth. 
<clears throat> so we who have come through the door, we're in the ark. And God told Noah before he entered the ark, that's something for you to do. Once you're on the ark, feed the animals. And God has called us into the ark and he has put shoes on us whether we like it or not and whether we know it or not. And our shoes are leaving tracks. And those tracks are a witness and an example to the world around us. And they see our tracks and they say, oh, this is what Christianity looks like. Or, oh, this is what Christianity looks like. What is it? Let's be encouraged to let Christ work in us, do a work through us. This love with shoes on, Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. Can we have a hope of glory without Christ in us? At what point, Brother Earl, we had that we had those words here the other Sunday. <laughs> At what point of walking in the flesh do we no longer have the hope of glory? Which is Christ in you. Well, let's be encouraged. God wants this more than we do. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a thought-provoking few words there? I think a lot of times we think God is stingy. He doesn't want to give us what we need, and, but that's not the case. So let's be faithful because we have not yet seen the end of our salvation. We've been saved. We are saved. But if we want to be saved at Christ's return, we need to be found in the way. Was saved and saved and shall be saved. So that's my encouragement this morning. Let's be found in the way when Christ returns. Many of us have been born again. We've entered in that door. We're in the ark. And the ark is on the ocean of life. We're bobbing along out there. And there's turmoil. There's tribulation. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that there was probably relational issues aboard that ark. You think about that. For a year and close proximity there they probably had some things to deal with and work through what do you think i think they probably did so i'm just being encouraged this morning christ wants to dwell in us i that's a that's i'm speaking to myself i'm not trying to tell you how you need to be necessarily just encourage encouragement to the body of christ that christ wants to dwell in us